Hi everyone, my name is Tyler. I'm Alicia. And today we have Medium Dives Podcast, where we care about things, but only a little bit and enough to do a medium dive instead of a deep dive. So that's what we're going to be doing. I promised a lot of people that my first episode was going to be about how, like, do we all find squeaky shoes embarrassing only yes. because of the SpongeBob yes. episode? The fans need to know. Yes. And yes. I was pretty disappointed that, that there wasn't a plethora of information to discuss. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, what I found is that, well, like, I brought that idea up to my mom and my mom was like, uh, no, like. I was embarrassed by squeaky shoes when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, well, that kind of disproves my entire theory. Because, yeah. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> oh, <yeah. fuck. laughs> um, so I did some Googling. I found a couple things. One, it okay. seems that at least like millennials and Zoomers are, so like the younger folk, um, they reference the SpongeBob episode whenever they talk about squeaky shoes being embarrassing. So Important. while it may not be embarrassing because of that, sure, I think that that's what our generation likes to an uptick to. for sure. For yeah. sure, gotcha. Um, second, I did find one thing that was interesting. Apparently, people used to say, um, "Your shoes squeak until they're paid for," because people used to buy shoes like on a line of credit. And then, mm. so new shoes would be squeaky and they'd be paid sure. off in about a month. So like people used to kind of say like, as like a, a thing, <laughs> like, oh, they'll squeak until they're paid for. So then I was like, well, maybe it was also like a, we hate poor people thing. I don't know. That could be it. Going into SpongeBob though, do we think SpongeBob paid for his shoes and that's why they were new and squeaky? Is SpongeBob rich? Well, it would be the opposite, that he bought them on credit because he's poor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, SpongeBob is poor, and I'm glad that we came to that conclusion. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. But basically, I think we can all agree that squeaky shoes are embarrassing, and yes. the SpongeBob episode was iconic. Um, yeah, I agree. I but agree. Great that's song. pretty much, I, I had to answer the question for the fans, um, for our four listeners. Absolutely. I say that assuming we'll have at least four people listening. I mean, like I, two of us, two of us will be us, so we'll yes, at least have two listeners. Two, and I'm like, yeah. Ethan told me he'd listen to at least our first episode. Greg, okay, yeah, um, we're already then, at four. We're killing we're already it. at four, and then yeah. I, I think at least one of our coworkers will listen. At least one, because we maybe. have. So Tyler and I work together, um, and we, we do. although across the country. And we do so flawlessly. Uh, a couple of flaws on my part, but that's besides the point. Besides the point. <laughs> no, not no flaws. Um, yeah, yes. I'm over on the East Coast and he's West Coast. Um, yes. But yeah, we have been talking about it at work a lot. So probably at least one yeah. of them. Maybe. Hopefully. I mean, it'd be nice. If not, then like, come on, guys. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I'd so, try a little bit, but that's fine. Okay. I also got really overwhelmed because I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to find something to research? Like, I, I'm like, I, I realized, wait, I can just talk about something I already find interesting. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, it doesn't have to be new to me. So I decided to um, talk about the, I kind of hate calling it this, but the, the comment, like the colloquial way that people talk about it is like the wood wide web. Interesting. So this is um, about how fungi and trees and other plants oh like interact with each other to I'm so excited. Yes. And zombie apocalypse, right? Isn't that what we're going towards? Fungi taking over people? No. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> there is a type of fungi that infects brains of ants. And like, yes. So like there is something yeah. there. Um, perhaps one of us will get into that another time. There's a Fantastic. lot to – I'm actually kind of obsessed with mushrooms. Like, they're really cool. I'm so excited. Um, and if anyone hasn't seen it, you should go watch Fantastic Fungi on Netflix. It is the most magical thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, that's when I first learned about this. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. So, um, basically, when we all think of mushrooms, we usually think about, like, the cute little toadstool things. Um, but most fungi is located underground. Um so most of it is like what's called mycelium. Um, they're tiny 
thread-like fibers or like tubular cells. Um, And they're called mycelium. And they grow around and into roots of a variety of plants. Um, And this, about 90% of land plants take part in a symbiotic relationship called micro... Fuck. I meant to look up how to pronounce it right before we started. Also, me, whatever, dude. Pronunciation's all fake anyways. I'm going to Google it, though, because okay, I say okay, it a okay, lot. Okay, okay. I say it, like, constantly <laughs> in here. <laughs> it's, like, the crux of your entire speech. Yes. Mycorrhiza. Okay. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> um, a mycorrhiza, a symbiotic relationship called mycorrhiza. Fantastic. Which, and that word literally means fungus root. And so the mycelium I described, the little thread-like fibers, is the fungi part of that relationship. And then it grows onto the plant roots. And so gotcha. this creates, like, a giant, like, web underground connecting roots and fungi to one another. Yeah. And they call it the chimen mycorrhizal. That's how I pronounce it the first time, right? I'm just going to we'll hold go it. With it. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm just going to keep um, that pronunciation up on absolutely the maybe every time you have to say it you just push the button <laughs> of the robot saying it uh. <laughs> a little soundboard okay mycorrhizal mycorrhizal fantastic mycorrhizal network so it's called the common mycorrhizal network and okay. um some have termed it the wood wide web because fantastic. they say that like the way that trees and fungi are, are connected is similar to the way the internet is and compare it to fiber optic cables. Um, but I feel like it's like, it's hard to say seriously. The wood wide web. But it's yeah, cute. Yeah. It's cute. <laughs> it sounds um, like a kid saying it, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the wood wide web. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of the conversations about these networks talk about their role in forests. But um, they're actually present in all sorts of <laughs> ecosystems. Basically anywhere there are land plants, there are... Uh, fungi underneath the ground connecting wow. the roots. Amazing. In one Time article, um, I I guess I'm going to go with extra on citing sources just in case because like, cool. I, I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> by who? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the cops are going to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I guess like we could get sued. I, I don't really know how that works. We'll have I to learn either. eventually. I'm really, ignorance is bliss right now. Yeah. We'll just keep going until we get in trouble, right? That's um, what, exactly, exactly. But I'm going to cite when I'm quoting something. Okay, so this is a Time cool. article called, um, No, You Shouldn't Be Afraid of Fungi. And it's by Julian, Giuliana Giuliana Furchi, who is a field mycologist, um, a.k.a. Cool. someone who studies mushrooms. And Merlin Sheldrake, who's a biologist. Ooh, that's um, a so, fun name. I like that. I know. Merlin Sheldrake. That's mystical. Um, Sorry. It is. It's very mystical. Um, they say, well, yeah, in the article it says, globally, the total length of fungal mycelium in the top 10 centimeters, centimeters of soil is more than 450,000 quadrillion kilometers or around half the width of our galaxy. That's wild. So if you take like all of it, that's a lot. that's a lot of stuff that's a lot of fungi Uh, (laughs) so um basically research has shown that plants share resources with with each other and trade resources with the fungi itself um but some research also shows that plants can communicate with each other through this mycorrhizal network um so this is kind of where I could have done a deep dive, but I did not feel like it. So Respect. this is what I have. Um, basically, plants <laughs> in general give fungi carbon-rich sugars, and the fungi sends nutrients like phosphorus and nitrogen pulled from the soil to the plants. Makes sense. Cool. Um, so most of the plant and fungi relationships are mutually beneficial to one another. Um, but there are some, like, parasitic relationships in there. Nasty little fuckers. <laughs> exactly. So those are called mycoheterotrophic plants. Basically, these are plants that don't, they are, like, not photosynthetic. So, like, they don't do the whole translation from the sun thing. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... They can be either partially or fully non uh, 
photosynthetic. So Interesting. orchids are a good example. There are some orchids that are partially like that and will rely on fungi to get their nutrients in the early stages of life. And then later wow. will like give carbon back to the fungi when they're grown up and like kind of like paying off a debt. Amazing. But some are fully like fully don't photosynthesize and they like completely rely on fungi to get the nutrients they need. Um, so freeloaders essentially like they're just 100%. like me which i mean yeah cool like good for them i would if i could uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> um honestly same like yeah right I, give me that give me that i, I would love to just take like, <laughs> <laughs> <I'd never give. laughs> just a very like yeah. hedonistic lifestyle like i just Absolutely. fully indulge um yeah. <laughs> okay so some cool things Cool. So, uh, one way, so I'm going to kind of talk about two different sections, like one plants helping other plants with nutrients and then also okay. the communication between plants. Yes. I'm um, excited. That one I'm like super into. I'm, yeah. Um, so one scientist, Suzanne Simar, she's a Canadian and she has a PhD in forest sciences and she wow. has sort of coined the term hub tree or mother tree um, to describe how older trees will sort of like care for their young um, through this network. It's really cute. So basically um, there is some research that supports that saplings growing in shady areas that don't get enough sunlight to like photosynthesize their own nutrients. um, They'll rely on nutrients sent from older, taller trees and that those nutrients are sent through the network. Um, And this scientist, um, Suzanne, she also found in her research that dying trees will, like, donate their nutrients to their neighbors. I know. (laughs) Why can't we be trees, dude? Why can't we follow in their footsteps? Oh, my God. I know. I know. I know. Um, And then there is one study about Douglas fir trees that was done at the University of Reading in England um, that suggests... There's not a lot of evidence that supports this, but like, we're taking there's it some that, s- that hints at it. I'm going to give you the like argumentative, grouchy scientists later, um, Love it. <laughs> because I'm like, well, I don't want to completely ignore it since I like read it, but like, fuck them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this study about Douglas fir trees suggests that trees can recognize the root tips of their kin and can favor Stop. their like kin trees when sending nutrients i would really love to read actually no i wouldn't love to read that study i would love to have that information and know if it's like a legitimate study or not but that's fascinating well so yeah i did is not this for the go... girl with the four phds because i trust her she could say the sky is green and I she has say yes. a phd in forest sciences oh i thought you said forest sciences i guess forest sciences makes and sense. Yeah, i yeah. see why it sounded <laughs> yeah, like that yeah, but yeah, yeah to be clear forest sciences. gotcha <laughs> <laughs> All... We're going to take it at face value. We're going to take it at face value. Here's the thing. I like to believe it. But I will Absolutely. talk about the way that people... Um, uh, this is what I'll say. Research okay. suggests that that could be happening, but there's not a ton Amazing. of like hard evidence proving it at this stage. Gotcha. And everything on the internet is true. So um, this must be true as well. Off- okay, obviously. fantastic. Thank you. Uh-huh. Just want to clarify. Um, <laughs> and... Yes. So let's see. Communication between plants. I got a lot of this information slash all of this information from <laughs> a Smithsonian magazine article titled Do Trees Talk to Each Other by Richard Grant. Oh. So the type of signals that trees can send to each other through this mycorrhizal network can include chemical, hormonal, and slow pulsing electrical signals. I know. I don't understand how it works, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Again, we're not doing deep dives here. I didn't figure out how it works because I'm not not a biologist. Um, (laughs) But so from what we can tell, most of the communication is like communicating alarm and distress signals like, ah, I'm being attacked. Oh, gotcha. But wouldn't it be cool if like they communicate about other things? Like we don't know. Gossip. The girlies are gossiping in the like, forest. What if they're like, oh my god, look at that stupid idiot flower. <laughs> yeah, Beatrice over there, she is not flowering this year. <laughs> Ugly. Wow, that would be Yikes, fantastic. that's embarrassing. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, but so Edward Farmer, who works at the University of Lausanne in Switzerland, has identified oh, my people. Sorry, oh, from I'm Swiss. Yeah, my oh, dad's cool. Swiss through and through. Yeah. Anyways, are I don't you like a hundred? Is your uh, is your ancestry Russian like 100%? Swiss? Wow, German. interesting. Yeah, very I'm, white. Me too, but a different kind slightly. Um, (laughs) Different flavor of the whitest people on earth. Um, (laughs) Mine is like, I'm like 60% Irish, British. Uh And then I've got some like Scott, Scotland stuff in there and French and German. Wow. Hey, Have you ever visited Ireland? I really want to go. No, but I really want to go too. Right? Like going to a pub sounds. It just looks so beautiful there. Right. That's why that's why I want to move to the Pacific West Northwest. Pacific Northwest. Like I just want to be out in a tree, you know? Yes. Okay, see oh. this way I was like, okay, I'm really into trees. Like I'm gonna talk about yeah. trees. Talk about I, love yeah. trees. I love trees. I love it. They're Go so work. nice. Wait, sorry, going to the communication thing. If they're sending distress signals, what can they do? It's like, oh well I'm under okay. All right, all right. We'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. Um I have answers. Okay, okay, so Edward Farmer from Switzerland, he, quote, has identified, and all these quotes are from that article I mentioned earlier, the Smithsonian magazine. Um, Mr. Police Officer that's watching, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> quote, has identified a voltage-based signaling system that appears strikingly similar to animal nervous systems. Um, cool. Yeah, I didn't know how to paraphrase that, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought it was cool, though. Um, and then we've got <laughs> Monica Gagliano at the University of Western Australia. And um, she has gathered some evidence that some plants may also emit and detect sounds. Um, in particular, a crackling... Oh, this is all a quote, too, by the way. A crackling cool. noise in the roots at a frequency of 220 hertz, inaudible to humans. Wow. So they crackle to each other, which is so cute. Um, huh. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I love the idea of trees like communicating. I, I love it so much. Magical. Magical, magical, Amazing. magical. Amazing. Okay. So now some examples of the communication and how it works, like you asked. Cool. So we've got David Johnson, a microbial ecologist. He noticed that, um, or discovered IDK, broad bean plants, whatever the fuck that is, when they're attacked sure. by aphids, which I had to Google, they're oh, so the little bug. fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I know nasty. what the fuck is an aphid. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, a yeah. bug. Um, <laughs> when they're attacked by aphids, they release chemicals to repel those aphids and attract wasps that will then kill the aphids as well. So, oh. two pronged approach to dealing with that. aphids. Uh, <laughs> and he did a little research study, and he found that plants neighboring them will have the same chemical response when their roots are connected through mycorrhizal networks. So basically if you have one bean plant and they're connected through the fungi networks underground, and then the other plant is next to it. If one of those plants is attacked by aphids, but the other isn't, the other one will still release that same chemical to repel. Wow. Very cool. Hopefully that's clear enough. They can yeah. also communicate through pheromones and scent signals. So, Hot. for example, um, giraffes, when they start chewing on leaves of an acacia tree, um, that tree will send out a distress signal in the form of ethylene gas. And when nearby trees detect that gas, they, in response, start pumping tannins into their leaves, which can make large herbivores sick or even kill them in large quantities. Nasty little fuckers. Yeah, so they will, like, they'll start developing tannins if they smell ethylene gas from their neighboring trees who are getting eaten. Um, Sorry, question. Is it the leaves that, like, the breakdown of the leaves that's releasing the gas? Or the tree senses that its leaves are being pulled and then it releases this ethylene gas? The way that it's worded in this makes it sound like they release the gas when they realize their trees are being eaten. Gotcha. Or their leaves are being eaten. But I... Gotta say, I don't really know. 
It could and that's be okay. what you said. And that is what a deep dive podcast is about. We are medium dive only. We are medium dives. Someone Thank else. You. you know what? We welcome all of our four to five to six listeners to go do your own research because we're absolutely because we're not going. We're to. having fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's but that's the only point. We just want to talk. Okay. Um, <laughs> but so giraffes have also figured this out though because they have evolved with the acacia tree as well over many Amazing. years. So they have started to forage when it's windy so that the warning gas doesn't make it to the other trees. Or if it, there's no wind that day, they'll travel like at least 100 yards, which apparently is further than ethylene gas can travel in still air before eating from another tree. So cool. No. So exciting. Okay. Then we've got elm trees and pine trees, which can okay. detect the saliva of leaf eating caterpillars. So they can tell when those caterpillars are eating them. And then they'll release mm-hmm. pheromones that attract parasitic wasps. And those wasps will lay their eggs inside the caterpillar and oh then eat god. them from the inside out. So gross. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's disgusting, but cool. And then I thought this one was super neat. There's a recent study that shows that trees can tell the difference between a deer biting a branch and a human breaking it. So when they found that when a deer is biting the branch, the tree will release chemicals that makes their leaves taste bad. But when a human breaks a branch, the tree produces substances to heal the wound, but like doesn't wow. bother doing anything to its leaves because it knows the difference. Basically, trees are magical beings. True. So now I have to talk about the grumpy scientists I'm because, so you know, if we had just done this podcast like six months ago, sure. I would not have discovered this um, disagreement because Extra it's work. a... I'm pretty sure that they, like, the articles I saw were, like, from, like, a few months ago, where they're, like, okay. like 2023, like, early, like, spring. Ooh. Basically, the scientists are all, like, okay, guys, wait, we might have, like, jumped the gun a little bit. Like, let's walk it back. Uh-huh. So, I'll share what their thoughts are. So, okay. one study that was published, not really a study, it's, like, a review, a meta-review of studies. Yep called positive citation bias and over-interpretive results lead to misinformation on common mycorrhizal networks in forests. And that's... <laughs> Rude. Don't, I don't like my beliefs being questioned, okay? I want to live I know, in my little neither. bubble. I know, me neither. And we yeah. can talk shit about the grumpy scientists together, but 100%. I will share their thoughts. I guess, okay. So that I'm, like, responsibly not misinforming the public. Sure. <laughs> that's sure, annoying. Sure, 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 sure. I, like, I don't want to contribute to misinformation, but, like... Yeah. I want to believe in this particular misinformation. A hundred percent. I respect that. Um, <laughs> but it's not totally mis... You'll see. You'll see. Okay. Kay. So we've got uh, Justine Karst, Melanie D. Jones, and Jason D. Hoaxema. Um, just to give clout where clout is due. Like, y'all wrote a paper. Respect. Yeah. So they say, quote, and of course, I only read the abstract. One, because it's medium dives. And two, because I didn't want to pay for the full research study. Yes, uh, those are expensive. For anyone not in the science world, it is absolutely absurd if you're not connected to try and read a scientific article. Wild. It's like $20 per article. Oh, for once I was like during school when I was looking into them, it would be like 100 150 oh, an article. And I'm like, y'all bitches are thieves. Crazy. Oh and by bitches, I mean scientists that are doing really incredible hard work. And like should get paid <laughs> yeah. for their yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, thieves. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> You know, though, I must have found a publication that just wasn't as expensive because I did purchase it. So I was like, I want to know what's in here. Oh, that's phenomenal. Um, I love that. But not for today. This was my own personal gotcha. life. I gotcha, was, gotcha. Yeah, we can get into it another time. Absolutely. There's also, wait, sorry, side note. There's a Russian hacking site where you can de-identify any site. That's how it saved me throughout college. Um, so shout out to the Russian hackers. Hopefully you're not using this for... Uh, you're probably stealing my information. It, besides the point, you can go. Sorry. I mean, you did just get your identity stolen. So. I know. Don't. Why, <laughs> don't the, why would you do that? Advice. How dare I be accountable for my actions? That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm so Dude, sad. I'm like <laughs> certain that one of these days I'll get mine stolen. I, I need to be better. Like, okay, one time I was like really, I just did something super fast. Like I was trying to sure. look up. I wanted to explore how expensive health insurance would be if I did it not through my employer. And Google, the sponsored result was like MarylandHealthInsurance.net or something that official sounding. And I clicked on it. That shit was not official. And ever since 
not virus, but I did immediately get signed onto a list where like I, it started to slow down finally, but like, I shit you not like 20 people would call me a day trying to sell me insurance or text me like just nonstop. I was like, what did I do? I'm like, this is really embarrassing. Um, oh, that's phenomenal. It took me a couple days to tell Ethan because I was embarrassed. <laughs> like, um, but you know what? We should reduce shame around uh, making stupid. Sometimes we're stupid silly mistakes. little goofs. It's yeah, okay, guys. You know? Yeah, a hundred percent. Listen, <laughs> the whole point of this podcast is to ha- be stupid and have fun. Like a hundred percent. Although, just for the record, we are very smart individuals. Absolutely, um, of course. But we just like. <laughs> I mean, we did get degrees. We, yeah. um, <laughs> we have to say that we're smart so that we believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got good grades. Counts for something. Me too, surprisingly. Besides yeah. the point. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I was good at school, but like, listen. there, Yeah, there are so many smart people that are just aren't good test takers. You know, the whole like- Totally um, different topic. I am a good test taker, though. I, I am, too. <laughs> My like... AP calculus teacher, she would do, like, uh, questions at the beginning of class, and I would always be able to just look at it. Not always. I would say, like, 70% of the time look at it. And then she would be spiteful. Granted, I loved her. But <laughs> we had a we had a love-hate relationship. She would be spiteful and be like, Tyler, what's the answer? And I would say it. And she would give me, like, some tune. And she's like, that is the answer. Because she saw that I didn't write anything down. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I know you did it in your head. And I got a five on the AP Calc exam, so. I also got a five on the AP Calc exam. I was really good at Calc. And I actually am friends with my uh, calculus teacher on on No way. Wow. (laughs) I babysit his kids once. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Is that, how do you feel about high school teachers asking high school students to babysit their kids? On one hand, it definitely introduces like a strange relationship where you like now suddenly know your teachers better than you should maybe yeah but also i can maybe understand how challenging it could be to find babysitters that you trust fair absolutely and you know you could ruin a student's life if they screwed you over (laughs) true the first child i babysat so i was a football manager in high school very out of character for me i love that though fantastic i came into that I had a friend who um, her dad was one of the football coaches, and then yeah. she got me and another one of our friends to be a football manager with her. AKA, we were water girls. Like, yeah, <laughs> we were. It was super embarrassing. Like during games, we like ran out onto the field and gave them water. Like it was so yeah. humiliating. No, it was horrifying. And I will say though that over the four years, I have learned nothing about football. Like I truly gotcha, it, which is interesting. And that's why I should manage your football team. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, exactly. But um, one of the football coaches, he then enlisted us to babysit his children. And I think that gotcha. my calculus teacher was like, oh, well, another teacher has used her as a babysitter. So like, Which I feel gotcha. like that's a little bit less weird because they also knew us in like an after school activity. And again, gotcha. they, like. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Whatever. But yes. Tyler and I are smart. We got fives on our calculus yes. exam. But, like, I don't know. I definitely have that experience of, like, I mean, I don't know if I was technically a gifted kid. But the whole experience of, like, being a gifted kid, like, doing well in school, and then later you realize that you're, like, really mediocre, actually. Yeah. That's oh, my God. My 100%. Like, smart, stupid. Like, 100%. It's, like, maybe, like, I think that I'm smart, but also, like, not that smart. Not as smart as people made me out to be when I was growing up. I firmly believe everyone is very smart in certain regards, whether that be, like, science, whatever topic you studied, or, like, street smarts or whatever. And I am so stupid in so many ways. It's crazy. I (laughs) really shock myself, like, on a consistent basis. (laughs) Okay. Do you know what? I am, like... Ethan, it's so fun. For some reason, I get so much enjoyment out of, like, the things that I'm really stupid about. Like, Yeah, they're funny. We got a lot. (laughs) Like, when Ethan, um... Because, like, I know I'm so bad with history because I just for so long have found it so boring. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, I know I, nothing. Nothing. Oh I, like, once asked Ethan because he asked me some silly question. Like, I don't know. Like, when was the Civil War or something? Something obvious like that. Sure. And I'm like, I genuinely don't know. Like. Uh, 1700s, I think. It, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere between 1600 and 1800, I'm sure. Uh, right. Right <laughs> in that sweet spot. <laughs> right. I, so, like, yes, I agree with you, but, like, I'm going to give – I am not yeah. 100% sure. 
but like that's the thing is like i truly don't know anything <laughs> and i like had so much fun with either one time i was like okay just ask me any history question like, like ask me the most obvious things i promise i won't know anything and i truly could not answer a single question it was so funny no, no. and actually there is some history i find very fascinating but like knowing dates and like wars Never. and especially like american colonial history bleh. anyway boo yeah Oh. But yeah, so I totally agree. And maybe one day we can talk about all the different types of intelligences of like, uh, like there's some theory of like the 16 different intelligences. Like there's one that's like kesiology or something. I had to learn about that when studying for the MCAT. It was wild. And it, I hated it then. I probably will hate it now, but I'm definitely down to listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So heard. <laughs> if i ever want to look into it i will yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> message received you're not doing I'm so it sorry. um <laughs> no it is okay that's what we're all about man we're uh, just doing fun. Okay, okay let me okay. refocus refocus trees yes trees the thing is we got bored because we're talking about the people who are cranky yeah yeah, 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 yeah. okay so they said um we are concerned however that recent complaint recent claims in the mm. popular media about um cmns or the common mic- micro zeal networks uh okay. in forests are disconnected from evidence and that bias towards citing positive effects of these have developed in the scientific nature literature mm. and they also okay. say that unsupported claims have doubled in the past 25 years interesting yikes basically yeah. they're just like addressing the issue that like a lot of people have kind of taken it kind of misrepresented findings and then been like, oh, that's the basis of this. Yeah. yeah. Which also, sorry, just taking a step back, I recognize, I respect the dissenters. The scientific community is based off of individuals questioning each other. So while I disagree with these people because I don't want to believe in what they're saying, I respect what they're doing and it's important. Okay, thank you. It is important. And for the like scientific aspect of it, they're not saying that it's not true. They're just saying like basically we don't have enough evidence and like a hundred percent respect. Their biggest concern is like we like they don't think there's enough research at this time to be used in informing like forced management practices. Which, uh, like, agreed. Important. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, like, I think that they have some concern of, like, the general public being misinformed. Which, like, fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, now that Whatever. I know this, I'm still going to have fun with the thought. Um, Good. But so, basically, they just say that um, the results from field studies vary too widely, might have alternative explanations that weren't explored, or are too limited to support generalizations. One interesting thing that the uh, one guy talked about, Hoaxema talked about in an interview, is that like there's one greenhouse study that used seedlings and pots that showed signaling between the seedlings when they were connected only through the mycorrhizal networks and their roots were not overlapping. Mm -hmm. So they were next to each other. They were connected through the fungi, but not through anything else. And it showed signals passing back and forth. But when the roots were allowed to interconnect then the signaling wasn't present in the mycorrhizal networks which to me brings up like that begs the question of like okay well how are they communicating like are they communicating through their roots directly yeah that's cool too and in like ways that we can't detect so i don't know that's interesting yeah but yeah so basically they just are like there's not enough to support force management practices which i totally get I hope that we look for more because this is super cool research. And also there's kind of like in the scientific world, the way that people are talking about it is like some look at it from more of like a socialist perspective and some from a more capitalist perspective. So like socialist perspective is like the trees acting as caregivers for each other and like the well-off grown-up trees um, supporting the needy. (laughs) <laughs> which like obviously i love i was about I'm, to say which one are you favorite yeah <laughs> i am favoring this <laughs> i think everyone can tell and the capitalist one they're like oh like all entities are competing with one another and acting in self-interest yeah. like fucking yeah. assholes yeah, 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 yeah. and a lot of these scientists are like grouchy little capitalists so so one thing this guy toby kears an evolutionary biologist and i got this from a bbc article science focus article called amazing can the wood wide web really help trees talk to each other by josh gabattis okay toby kears he thinks this socialist view is unrealistic whatever he thinks that neighboring plants are really just rivals to the limited resources i'm Mm. like 
Okay. And I mean, he talks about like how, okay, birch trees have been shown to donate carbon to nearby fir trees, but orchids have been known to steal carbon from nearby trees, which like I talked about, I don't even care. There can be parasites <laughs> in a socialist community. 100%. <laughs> As we said that we would be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Proudly with um, our entire chest. <laughs> um, and he also thinks that like since – so plants can get their nutrients from the soil too, but fungi yeah. are dependent on the plants to get like the carbon. Mm. And this is where I'm stupid because I'm like, bro, if you had to ask me what carbon is or what it does, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Again, yeah. it's a medium dive. I didn't want to go into the science. Um, you actually probably, because you're like more into biology. I had to recently take the MCAT. Yeah. So like I know like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of things. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Carbon. Fungi needs the carbon. And because they're completely dependent on the plants, this guy's like, oh, well, they might balance this out by restricting plants' access to resources, kind of like creating an addiction. Like, imagine a Interesting. drug dealer. Like, yeah. Oh, you can have, like, a little bit, but, like, we're going to keep Another you. hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So that's what he thinks. And then another biologist, Catherine Morris, points out that, like, you could look at it as, like, a mother providing for nearby young but you could also view the same exact relationship as the younger trees being like parasites. So yeah, I mean, children I are parasites to a certain extent, right? Like you they are so true. Like all of their needs, you have to take care of. And what are they providing you? you Emotional are so true. support. You're so true yeah, about okay. that. Thank you. Yeah, that's so true. No more kids. Twenty twenty three. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Listen, I like so do not want to be a parent, but I do want to hold a baby. Um, <laughs> I need like I need my friends and my sibling to start like having children, so like <laughs> gotcha. I can like be like the auntie. Um, yeah. but I will not be raising a child because that sounds hilarious. I respect to me. that. Yeah, yeah. I just like don't. That's a whole lot. That's well, a lot. Okay. Respect to it. I commend you for it. I, Here's the thing. I need to be the number one priority in my household. <laughs> like, and I, I won't was, let some little, little. <laughs> some little fucker. Put take themselves it away before. from me. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I just, I don't think I'd be happy. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Fair. Um, there's a lot of grouchy scientists that have an issue with the implication of like intentional action between trees. Gotcha. Which I have a problem with their problem okay. with this. But I thought I would just include the different quotes because, like, their quotes made me so mad. Literally, I was like, ugh, fuck you guys. And I'll end on a good note of, like, cool. one of the socialist people. Amazing. <laughs> I, for the record, I don't know if he's actually socialist, but, like, in the context of the plant thing. <laughs> so, Catherine Morris, the person that I just spoke about, she's been exploring the idea that the transfer of signals through the mycorrhizal network might be a passive process so like it might be chemicals just like hitching a ride on water that's moving around those networks anyway rather than like an intentional communication the rest of these quotes are from the smithsonian magazine article i cited earlier so there's stephen woodward a botanist from the university of aberdeen in scotland he says Ooh. they're not firing those signals to anything they're emitting distress signals other trees are picking it up there's no intention to warn I'm like, first of all, how the fuck do you know? I mean, yeah. how do you yeah. know that there's no intention? <sighs> yeah, if you're going to question someone's research, like, you better have your own research to back up your claims because you're just thing. doing the same. I understand what they're saying. Like, okay, there's no proof that there's intention, though. But it's like, okay, one, who cares? And two, yeah. <laughs> there's no proof that it's not intentional either. Innocent until proven guilty or uh, correct until <laughs> proven wrong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and, like, also... A lot of these basically just have an issue with, like, people, like, talking about trees in the way that me and you are talking about them right now. Sure. But I'm like, why? It's we'll fun. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the last yeah. guy I quote, he's, like, on our side. Well. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So that guy, fuck you. Another yeah. one, Lincoln <laughs> Taze, Taze. He's a retired professor. <laughs> Loser. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. We love you, um, professors. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Please don't sue us. You, our four listeners will get yeah. it to him. Uh, retired <laughs> professor of plant biology at the University of California, Santa Cruz. Um, he says, the appearance of purposefulness is an illusion, like the belief in intelligent design. Natural selection can explain everything we know about plant behavior. And, you know, I saw that a lot where people were like, um, 
this doesn't agree with natural selection. And I'm like, well, maybe natural selection isn't the only goddamn thing at play. Maybe the trees are nice. That could be true. That I, could maybe, be true. Maybe they have feelings. God we, damn. We're looking at it from a human lens. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. And yeah. these scientists are all looking at it from a very cold lens, in my mm. opinion. Which I understand is, like, the way to do science. But, yeah, again, uh, that's not what we're here to do The scientific process. No. No, we're here <laughs> so, to find. Yeah. And for the record, like, Tyler and I do work on a research study. And, like, we, yeah. we respect <laughs> we, science. I, Highly, highly, highly value, respect, want to participate in science. We definitely, like, both love science. But, like, on our podcast, like... We're just trying to be... Yeah, We're just trying to have fun. And, like, also enjoy life, so... Yeah. It's hard to sometimes. Yes! (laughs) Let us believe that trees love each other. Please, God. (laughs) But, yeah, for the record, like, we do take our job seriously and, like, appreciate the scientific process. Just for the record. (laughs) Okay, so this other stupid scientist... British scientist Richard Forty, who's semi-retired apparently, he sure. was a paleontologist at the Natural History Museum in London and a Ooh. visiting professor of paleobiology at Oxford. Wow, very cool. Which, this guy, I'm like, why is a paleontologist weighing in? Fucking, like, why are you... The audacity, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why are you even weighing in? But yeah, whatever. yeah. I'm sure he has a right. I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> we definitely do not. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely don't. You're right. Um... <laughs> He says, the mother tree protecting its little ones, it's so anthropomorphized that it's really not helpful. The Mm. case is overstated and suffused with vitalism. (laughs) Trees do not have will or intention. They solve problems, but it's all under hormonal control, and it all evolved through natural selection. Okay, my question is... Oh, sorry. No, no, finish. I'll read his, like, second one quote. Yeah. Look, trees are networkers. They do communicate in their own way. What worries me is that people find this so appealing, they immediately leap to faulty conclusions. Namely, that trees are sentient beings like us. Okay. Okay. So I have a problem with that because I'm sure in, like, the 1600s when we saw dogs, we were like, oh, they have no brain. Uh, They have a brain, but they don't have thoughts, whatever. And then we came to realize, like, oh, no, they're actually incredibly emotionally intelligent. They're able to pick up on things, whatever. So maybe we're just not at that time in history where we're able to view it within that lens. That's what I'm saying. Why aren't you considering that maybe we don't understand it all yet? And, like... We don't understand a lot of things. I don't understand a lot. I was just talking... (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I was just talking about this with my brother. um, About how, like... Kind of, like, how all living things probably have like a lot more complex stuff to them than we give them credit for a hundred percent i a tangential topic that i'm going to research for episodes two so stay tuned um greg and i (laughs) i told you right recently went to um a private owl tour it was this mom and daughter in their backyard it was phenomenal highly recommend um total raptor experience and ramona california Uh, praise to you um, but they were saying that some owls are screechers and I don't think we got to hear it, but I really started viewing things of like, if I was in the 1400s in the middle of the forest and I heard something screeching, I would make up banshees or like mermaids or like if I saw a manatee in the ocean, I'd be like, that is a swimming human being, but it's just all because we have a limited perspective. So I think that's something I want to research of like folk tales and how they came to be or like my hypothesis on them. Cause like, ah, I think it's fascinating. Yes, that is so cool. Right? And similar to like, like how many religious stories are explaining things that we understand now? A hundred percent, right? And not to shame religion. I fully support anyone that wants to practice however that I fully support it. I think it's important within a context, but like these phenomenons that we observed back then, people may have just summed it up to like something religious. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think religion is super cool. I actually. A hundred percent. I did my, um. My minor in college was religious studies because I just, which like, I'm also, I I would consider myself a little bit spiritual, but I'm not ascribed to a certain like religious belief, but I find it so interesting exploring like all the different ways people find religion and the way that religion like plays a part in things. I'll probably talk about a lot of cults on this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I just find it all so cool. Anyway, there's more to come, you guys. We, yes, I have so much to yes, talk about. yes. Okay, so the, my final point of this. Okay. So from the same Smithsonian Magazine article, uh, Peter Wolben, Wolben, 
He's a German forester and author. And he argues that discussing science with emotional language makes it more interesting and accessible to the average person. That is so important. Oh my gosh, sorry. Yes. No, you're totally right. I agree. Like, it makes it more interesting. Um, He says, quote, I don't think trees have a conscious life, but we don't know. We must at least talk about the rights of trees. We must manage our forests sustainably and respectfully and allow some trees to grow old with dignity and to die a natural death. That's beautiful. I absolutely love that. That is so important, especially in the scientific literature world. Like so much of this information, while someone who has like a very extensive background in science may find it interesting for the large majority of the population that does not have a background in science, it's not only inaccessible, but also like why why do I care that you're looking at some like specific enzyme, blah, 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 because it doesn't have that human connection. And I yeah. Love that. I'm very passionate about it when I participate, if I participate in research in the future, hopefully I do. I really want to focus on making it accessible to individuals who may not necessarily care about science, but find a way to make it interesting because it's so important. Okay. Sorry. Um, and if you don't do that in your future med school <clears throat> exploration and future jobs, we can do that I would here a little bit. To... That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> like... Oh my gosh. I, I think I do want to talk a lot about like sciencey topics because it is something that I'm very passionate about. Yeah. But that's fascinating. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah, because like it I think it is also very cool. Cause like you and I, even as we stand right now, um, because I believe you have a bachelor's and that's it, right? Correct. At the yeah. state. Okay, me too. Correct. Me too. I didn't want to like <laughs> dump you down <laughs> if you had a master's or something. No. Um <laughs> I like wasn't sure. But even with our bachelor's degrees, like we have experience both in school and at our current job of like understanding research more than maybe like the average person. Individual who does not um, have research. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Slightly more than the average. I, I don't want to be like tooting my own horn over here. I will but, be like, the first to say that I know nothing. I will, I will exactly shout same, that from the like, mountaintop. Yeah. But like I know, I probably know a little bit more about how to read a research paper than like the 100%. person who got their or didn't go to college or got their degree yeah. in like literature or something. Business. Yeah. A hundred percent. Business. Yeah. Um, so I do think that like we have the opportunity to talk about research in a way that is still informed, maybe more informed than like a rando on the internet, yeah, but like a random Fox news, but making article. it. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> <But> making, <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Listen, okay. I have, I don't anticipate to appeal to everyone on the internet. Yes, that's all I will say. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that we're going to uh, end up, I mean, we've already kind of done that. I talked a lot about socialism and capitalism, only in the context of plans, but like, I think everyone knows where we stand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think everyone knows that Tyler and I But are. I'm also very willing to listen to dissenting opinions, and I'd love to have a conversation with individuals. Yeah. But I, I, I firmly believe in, in some things, and that is that on that. Cheers. Yeah. I, I... Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a safe space yes. for everyone. It is a safe space for everyone, um, but we are just going to talk about what we want to talk about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> bing, bing, boom. And um, you guys can talk about whatever you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> make a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah, make your own podcast. Get That's out. what we did. <laughs> we don't want you here. <laughs> no, please. We're, we're desperate. No, anyone can listen. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. We are just kind of seeing what happens with this. Honestly, I think really our main goal is that you and I wanted a platform to talk 100%. endlessly. Yeah, like, and get to know each other. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's another thing we didn't mention. Tyler oh, and I, yeah. like, we somehow have this, like, soulmate connection. Um, Instantly, But yeah. we actually don't know each other that well. So we are we, gonna be, like, like work together. together. We've been working together now for three years. But for the first, like, two and a half, I maybe sent her one email. Like, maybe yeah, on like, an off we day. We just don't do a lot of things together. And no. also, like, across the country. 100%. Um, and we're very independent in our roles, too. Yeah. And Which I love. Uh. Yeah, honestly, my role now, I talk to, like, two people. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Myself being um, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so we're going to be, like, getting to know each other. Um, clearly, we have 
fun talking to each other. But yeah, we uh-huh. are going to get to know each other. Also, okay. I hope I can edit out Tilly's noises later. I haven't heard a single bit. Um, okay. Anyway, that was your fantastic. Turn. Great work. <laughs> okay. You. Well, I will start by saying I um, am not nearly as uh, well versed and researched in my topics. My topics were more so things that I was curious about. I googled, I found an answer, and then I got sad that I found an answer. See, that's kind of how I felt about the SpongeBob thing. Um, okay. But I'm totally here for it, and we can just talk about them. Cool. 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 Maybe we switch off, or and by switch off, not intentionally, we just do so based on our own flow of, like, one person does a little bit deeper, and then I am a little... Uh, not that. Um, <laughs> or we could even, like, balance it, where, like, maybe if one of us does do a slightly more deep dive into something, the other, one, the other does. one can do, like, yes. light talk, lighter topics. Amazing. Cool. Uh, we're we're going to play around with formatting. Right now, we're Fantastic. just doing whatever we feel like. Mm. And speaking of later topics, people dying at Disney is my first topic. <laughs> so, um, I had heard many moons ago, I was in student government in high school, and I frequented Disneyland more times than I would have liked. I am not a Disney adult. No shame to people who are. I love that. Amazing. Whatever makes you... We are all just trying to find little ounces of happiness, and whatever works for you, I support it. I love it. I respect it, but it for is not sure. for me. So I went to Disney many times and I heard some rumors uh, about people not dying on Disney because some of the people that I was in student government with did like summers at like an internship at Disney, blah, 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 blah. And they heard through the grapevine things. Don't they call it like Disney College or something like that? I think so. I think so. I'm not (laughs) sure exactly. Yeah. I mean, hey, (laughs) you got your your stuff. Whatever. Whatever, dude. Um. Real quick, um, if people are interested in learning more about Disney adults and Disney in general, there is an episode of the podcast Sounds Like a Cult. It's really good um, about Disney adults that came out recently. And uh, they have it's interesting. You'd probably they, like it, actually, Tyler. I think so. I really love anything cult. Like, MLMs are, like, probably one of the things that I'm most That's fascinated gonna about. That's going to be one of the things I talk about soon. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I will be in. Yeah. Um, do, do they... So, for that podcast, do they classify something as a cult, like, at the end? Okay. So, they kind of talk about, like, everyday things and how they're kind of culty. Kind of culty. Gotcha. And so, they um, label things as either um, live your life watch your back or get the fuck out i love that and so, so much. Good they, for them. they write at disney adults as like live your life it's pretty like Respect. not dangerous yeah. 100%. Um, but like boy <laughs> scouts for example. <laughs> very oh my god scary boy scouts there's a lot of scary shit i actually i can't remember if they rated it watch your back or get the fuck out but it was like what is it there's a lot of predatory stuff yes. i was just having this conversation last night actually with my partner's roommate's girlfriend um, she was saying the Girl Scouts really popped off and are like very good, and the Boy Scouts are not. So props to you, Girl Scouts. You keep selling. What do they sell? Cookies. What do boys cookies. sell? No. Popcorn, right? Don't they oh, sell I'm... popcorn? Do you know? know? They sell popcorn. They sell popcorn. Community. Sorry to interrupt. No. I just, oh my like, god, I love it. Please always look interrupt. at us plugging things Amazing. as if people listen to us. Mm, mm, but it's a really mm. good podcast. Um, cool. I love them, and <laughs> we'll support them. A bigger podcast like us will support them. Yeah. <laughs> amazing they're like hey uh, can you back the fuck up (laughs) we don't watch your endorsement Uh, amazing they'll be like who the fuck are you yeah um (laughs) but yeah disney adults okay okay um so (laughs) sorry with this myth that i heard basically the whole myth for anyone who is not in the know of this very uh, niche incorrect myth um is basically (laughs) that no one dies on disney that they do not uh technically die on disney grounds they die outside of disney so that their corporation can say that it's a happy place and no one dies whatever um so i got an article and i don't have the source so i'm super sorry but if you type in disney no dying on grounds policy (laughs) you'll find the article and it's that one okay (laughs) (laughs) one of these i have an article uh but whatever anyways so this article states that there's two questions that must be addressed the first of which is does disney really attempt to get injured individuals off of property before that person is announced dead and two has disney been successful in this effort and the answer to both is yes and no so with the uh, attempting to get people injured that kind of goes more into like medical of 
when you die versus when you're declared dead. And so often uh, emergency medical individuals have to come in and they keep the resuscitation going until they arrive at a hospital where they are then declared dead. And that plays into Disney's whole corporate scheme of while they didn't die on Disney, they died in transport or they died at the hospital because they're using the very fine line there. It has been there. I did in researching, I found like three people who have definitively according to the articles and i didn't do any research into looking at the validity of these articles <laughs> nor will i damn it um so everything on the internet is true and i'll take it for face value uh, so listen, this is a hobby a hundred percent people <laughs> no i strictly refuse um one goes into like very graphic details that i will uh, not do because i feel like it's rather triggering but i did find some deaths and basically they uh, oh, this is interesting. So a former Disney employee has reported uh, in regards to the no one dies on Disney property. They're given a book called Inside the Mouse and quote, if guests have the nerve to die, they wait like unwanted calories until they've crossed the line and can do so safely off the property. Wait. So I don't know if this is a Disney employee that is like disheveled and wrote this. Or if that's like, is that like in the employee handbook? I don't know. I don't know. And also Disney, I'm so sorry. Like, please don't sue us. Like, I don't have. Oh yeah, Disney. This is all allegedly, allegedly, alleged, not real, whatever. What's what was the title of the book thingy? Inside the mouse. That's also inside the mouse. I guess I could have done one Google search and looked at the (laughs) book. Um, Um, it looks like it's a a book. Okay. Inside the yeah. mouse, work and play at Disney World. So it's probably someone who just knows about Disney writing it. Maybe. Cool. I, and, uh, it's not Disney's corporate handbook. It's not Disney. Okay. 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 I take that back immediately. Super duper sorry. No, I mean, it's still super interesting. I just, yeah, uh, absolutely. I was curious. But I did find some individuals that passed away on Disney, unfortunately. And okay. so I, obviously that is still inevitable. Like one was a worker that passed away in a very unfortunate mm-hmm. way. Um, so incredibly hard and difficult, but I do think that those fine prints are used. Um, so I thought that was interesting. That is um, interesting. I have questions. Please. I don't have answers. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you might actually. Maybe. Because you didn't okay. want to go into the death. Um, has anyone died on a ride? At so, uh, I don't know about a ride, but one individual that I did read about was a worker who on one Right, I forget the name of it, but basically the thing, like, one of the carts fell on him and crushed him. <gasps> Yikes. Ooh. I can only imagine. I'm so sorry. I hope. Dude. Awful. Awful. I am really scared of, like, like, I, amusement parks are fun, but, like, sometimes when I really think about it, I'm like, why? Why do we trust machines enough to get on a roller coaster? Okay. Like, that's crazy. Funny you mentioned that. So the reason, well, in addition to just me hearing about this and wanting to know about it, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I had an incredibly traumatic experience when I was seven years old or seven, eight, nine. Basically in Vegas, they have something called a Greek festival. And um, my mom, love her, fantastic. She took me and I really appreciated it. And I was being a regular kid being annoying. And there was one of those bungee rides. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but basically they strap you to two bungee cords they build a lot of tension in the bungee cords and then shoot you up and you just whatever right on the surface what the fuck were we thinking guys like what in the possible fuck were we thinking that is absolutely not like there's no way you can ensure safety so i was begging my mom incessantly begging my mom to let me go on this ride and after like an hour of me being just the worst annoying kid ever, she finally was like, okay, so we were standing in line and a teenager gets in the ride. And as they're being shot up, the one of them snaps and he goes up and I watched him. It was one of like, two, uh, uh, I, n- I never know what happened to him. I so hope that everything was okay. I hope there was enough tension in the bungee cord to buffer the fall. But it, and my mom, I just remember her covering my eyes. We walked away and we left and then did not talk about it. Oh, or maybe we did and I forgot, but I, that's so scary. It was awful. It was awful. So that's why I kind of was interested in looking at this. And this goes to show that more established corporations probably hopefully have a lot more regulations. But a lot of these festivals that are put up for a couple of days probably don't have the regulations. So be careful, people. Okay, so I have a couple of topics here. I think I'll probably only do like two more just for the sake of time. 
Um, in homage to my wonderful partner who was born in, well, lived in Long Island, he views New York water as superior to every other water ever. Um, and are we and talking city water specifically? You like, know, that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I, <when laughs> I think of New York water. I just think of the state of New York and its water. I don't know. I must imagine we're talking about like city water. Like I think so. Tap water. Yes. Versus yes. like buying bottled water from New yeah, York. Yeah. No, other no, that's not the same. That's not the same. So um, I was convinced for the longest time that it was strictly a pride thing. Turns out it's not. Um, so in New York, they... Uh, for the most part, New York City water, again, this is from a resource and I don't know what it is and I'm so sorry, but I won't find it. I <laughs> promise you that. I will not look into it. Okay. Uh, but it was, it looked like a cool article. So anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> it states that New York City water, including drinking water, is unfiltered, making it the largest unfiltered water system in the country. And that's important because the filtration of water, typically in other states, filters out these shrimp-like looking things. They're not actual shrimps or related to shrimps, but they're called cocopods, C-O-C-E-P-O-D-S. And apparently this is very prevalent in the water. So the Department of Environmental Protection conducts 500,000 to 600,000 health and quality tests on New York City's water every year. Which, like, maybe we don't do that many tests. Like, maybe we put that money towards, like, I don't know, education <laughs> or something. Like, maybe. why? If it's such a big concern, guys, let's figure it the fuck out. Like, maybe we don't do that many tests. Wait, you said 500 to 600,000 a year. Thousand, yeah. And granted, this is one source that I don't remember what it is. Hold on. <laughs> I want to just do the math real fast because I want to see how many that is. Right? Like, that's like. <laughs> 2,000 a day or some ridiculous... Yeah, wait, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I'm spreading misinformation. I don't know, dude. Whatever. <laughs> what <laughs> fucking <laughs> ever. You guys can do your own research. Yeah, yeah. I Listen, won't be we doing support it for you. you doing your own research. 100%. But. I don't support myself doing the research, though. Go. Exactly. Uh, 500,000 divided by 365 is 1,369. That's wild. Hold on. 0.86. Maybe so I should About just, like... 1370. Um, are you just Googling it real fast? <laughs> yes. That is a crazy amount of tests, though. Right? No, listen, nyc.gov, we conduct 500,000 tests each year, and they show that our water supply is virtually lead-free. Guys, what? What are we doing that in New York? That doesn't make any sense. I want to know what kind of tests... Are they talking about like they do a test once a month and that test has a bunch of different things that they test? No. Or I, are they... Oh, okay. I found the article, by the way. It's nycfoodpolicy.org slash 10 facts you may not know about New York City drinking water. And I believe it to be true. And that's all that matters. <laughs> that's <laughs> but insane. 500,000 and 600, between 500,000 and 600,000 health and quality tests. So they probably just like measure it like every five minutes like the flow of water whatever um however I, mean, I have to it go. must be automated yeah oh or, absolutely and i imagine that some of that number has to be like okay like a strip test or something that yeah. measures that does several different pH tests yes i'm just trying to like 100%. logically make this make sense in my brain because this is it absurd. doesn't and if one person <laughs> is doing that i wish you the absolute best of luck charlie because that's ridiculous um so I also was reading about this on Reddit and someone commented something a little funny. It said that inside your body, they will grow into huge crabs and then claw your way out through your belly button. And then someone else commented on that and then they will start singing and dancing to show tunes. And I love that community. It's I important. think that that is 100% true. I do too. <laughs> and I refuse to receive any other information that's to the contrary. Um, however, go please. Sorry. I don't mean to keep interrupting you. I'm really No, that. honestly, the um, reason I'm not able to see it is because I'm looking at a Google Doc, so I'm not looking at your face. So if you are trying to talk, you just cut me off. Okay. Oh, go. okay. Well, I was just going to ask you, because you've done it a couple t- I think you did it earlier before we were recording, and then just now. Something, something, Charlie. I don't know what that means. Good luck, Charlie, the show. I think it's what it's become a meme. It's It was a Disney Channel show with... Yeah, I, fun fact about me, I gun to my head if you ask me any celebrity's name, I 99.9% of the time will never know I don't know, know it. either. And I can't picture, I can't, <laughs> if you say Tom Cruise, I am picturing 
just a stereotypical white man. I cannot figure out who Tom Cruise is. Do you want to know something? Please. Um, who, whoever the guy is that plays Batman. Um, hold on. Ben... Which one? And also, I don't know any of them, so I don't know why I asked that. There's a different... Okay, Ben that plays Batman. Ben I'm the same Affleck? way. Oh, Ben Affleck. Oh, wow. For uh... some reason... For the long, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> for the longest time, when people said Ben Affleck, I pictured Ben Stiller in my brain. The um, see, Pen- ben, Stiller ben Stiller is the one. I'm sure who, I know him. I'm sure I've seen him. Oh yes, yes. You'll he put Zoolander. Is what yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got those. Mix- <laughs> I truly was over here thinking, really, that guy played Batman. Like weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> imagine. Um, but the. Something Good Luck Charlie. It's from a oh, Disney show. Yeah, it's a Disney show. the The title was Good Luck Charlie, and basically they would always like Charlie would get herself into a little tiff. I think honestly, I have not watched too many episodes, so again, misinformation. Do your own research, people. <laughs> but I think she would get into a tiff and then would end it. Oh no! I think at the end of the show, Charlie is her like baby sister, and she's recording her life as like. A way for her sister to get to know her, which is beautiful now that I think about it. Good work, Disney Channel. Um, And she would always end it, I think, with Good Luck Charlie. And then it became a meme. Um, Okay. I am all for meme consistently. I have missed, honestly, I have been so disconnected. I feel like such an old person because I haven't, like, been on TikTok. Yeah. And so I miss all the memes. So you might have to explain them to me. Sure. I would love to. Greg and I do weekly catch-ups where I show him all oh of my, my like, TikToks so that he is educated in the most important things. Up yeah. to date. Yeah. Absolutely. Very That's important. Good. We might have to start that as, like, a, gotcha. a feature of the show. Gotcha. And it's just going to be me showing you other people's products, but I expect the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should maybe, like, we should look into copyright. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, most definitely we should. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't want to get sued, man. I'm yeah. too poor to get sued, okay? I cannot afford a For lawsuit. Real. Allegedly, I'm saying allegedly and everything. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Okay, um, so to end the, the shrimp in New York water, the yes. part where I signed off is it then became a debate between if the water is kosher or not, which is incredibly important, obviously, to Orthodox Jews and other individuals who practice kosher, um, because yeah. they're, like, eating a living being. Sorry, that was Lola giving a nice big yawn. Um, but anyway, so yeah, people were then debating on if it's kosher, if it's not. It got into heated debates, and I'm going to let them fight that out in the Reddit comments, and that is not for me. I never thought about water being kosher or like Hawaii. Right? A hundred percent. What do they do if their city water isn't? Or I have do they no idea. Sure water is? I think they would probably filter it, but also I, I think it's so fascinating and I really respect individuals that are willing to like really commit their life to a specific cause, even if I don't like necessarily understand that specific cause. I think it's so fantastic, but that is really a hard yeah. line to it, take. Yeah. I also respect that. I mean, wouldn't it be cool to like feel passionate enough about something? Oh my god, or, right? Like, to feel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a wild, like amazing, um, amazing, amazing. So cool, very interesting. But so we are finding that New York water tastes good because of these cocoa melon thingies. I believe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a tea. They're that's a show, I think. the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? <laughs> cocoa. <Coca-Mel. laughs> um, Coca pods, C O C E P O D S, and I don't care to look up the pronunciation, and I'm not going to do it. Okay. Okay. Mm. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've loved this. This has been fantastic. I know. I had so much fun. Yes. I actually think this is going to be. I'm just really excited. A hundred percent. Yes. I'm cool. super excited. Yes, I am too. Um, okay. Okay. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Uh, this has been fantastic. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Ba- oh, bye. <laughs>